Hello there, faithful listener. You've tuned in to season seven of the Bible Explained podcast. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee because today we are going to be discussing the book of First Samuel. Hi there, faithful listeners, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. And today we're going to be talking about First Samuel chapter 11, verses 9 through 15. So make sure to grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea this morning. And speaking of coffee or tea, I've actually noticed recently, I've picked up on a little trend that you faithful listeners do. Whenever you contact me or email me, almost always you tell me whether you're a coffee drinker or a tea drinker even without me like prompting you to do that. I think that's really great. So if you contact me in the future or today, which you should do, then tell me, are you a coffee drinker or a tea drinker? Okay, so let's read 1 Samuel 11. And I'll be reading this as usual out of the W.E.B. But make sure to grab your cup of coffee. I almost said your cup of Bible. (laughs) Make sure to grab your favorite (laughs) version of the Bible or your cup of coffee and your cup of, oh my goodness, I am a mess this morning. Let's just jump into 1 Samuel eleven nine through 15. They said to the messengers who came, tell the men of Jabesh Gilead, tomorrow by the time the sun is hot, you will be rescued. The messengers came and told the men of Jabesh and they were glad. Therefore, the men of Jabesh said, tomorrow we will come out to you and you shall do with us all that seems good to you. On the next day, Saul put the people in three companies and they came into the middle of the camp in the morning watch and struck the Ammonites until the heat of the day. Those who remained were scattered so that no two of them were left together. The people said to Samuel, who is he that said, shall Saul reign over us? Bring those men that we may put them to death. Saul said, no man shall be put to death today for today. Yahweh has rescued Israel. Then Samuel said to the people, Come and let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. All the people went to Gilgal and they made Saul king before Yahweh in Gilgal. They offered sacrifices of peace offerings before Yahweh and there Saul and all the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. So on Wednesday, we talked about this guy, this Ammonite guy named Nahash. And he was a very formidable guy who did not like the Israelites and thought of the Israelites as very weak. So he encamps against this city in Israel called Jabesh Gilead. And immediately the people of Jabesh Gilead like surrender. They're like, what do you need from us? We'll give you whatever you want. Just don't kill us. Basically, we'll be your servants. Just don't kill us. And so Nahash tries to humiliate all of the men of Jabesh Gilead by having them pluck out their eyeballs, their right eyeball. So the men of Jabesh Gilead, of course, are freaked out because Nahash wants their eyes and also because they have to be servants now. So they send messengers throughout all of Israel to find somebody who can help them defeat this Nahash the Ammonite. And so Saul, who was kind of like a quasi king at this point in time, he was anointed as king, but not exactly king yet. He hears about Nahash tormenting Jabesh Gilead. And so he gathers all these troops together, 330,000 men, like the most fighting men that Israel ever had basically to go out and fight against somebody. He gathers up all these men to go and to fight Nahash the Ammonite. So now in verse nine, what we read today, 
Saul sends some messengers to Jabesh Gilead. And he says, tell the men of Jabesh Gilead tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you will be rescued. The messengers came and told the men of Jabesh and they were glad. So of course, you know, the, the men of Jabesh Gilead and all the people in Jabesh Gilead are like, great, you know, we found our rescuer, we found our savior. Okay. And here's what they do. The men of Jabesh Gilead say to Nahash the Ammonite, they say, tomorrow we will come out to you. We will be your servants. You can do with us whatever you want to do. You can pluck out our eyes. We will serve you. So the city of Jabesh was pretending like they didn't have a person who was about to help them in battle. And they trick Nahash the Ammonite into believing that the entire city is surrendering and Nahash has won. But here's something else very interesting about this that I I pinpointed. Notice how the people of Jabesh Gilead just believe Saul. The reason that that is important is because not only did they immediately believe Saul that he was going to rescue them, but they believed it so much that they were willing to put themselves in danger by going to Nahash and getting their eyes removed by him because they believed Saul's words so much. The reason this is super significant is because if you turn to Judges chapter 6, this is out of the NIV version, this talks about a man named Gideon, who we discussed on the podcast before. So during the days of Gideon, which was several hundred years before the days of Saul, it mentions in Judges chapter 6 that the Midianites had actually defeated Israel. And so Israel was under control of the Midianites. And so God heard the cry of the Israelites and he was going to send somebody to defeat the Midianites. And that person was Gideon. So God appears to Gideon and here's what God says. In verse 14 of Judges 6, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Verse 15, pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Verse 16, the Lord answered, I will be with you and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. (laughs) So that seems like a very, very different response that Gideon has to God promising to save Israel than what the Israelites in 1 Samuel 11 had with Saul promising to save Israel, meaning that the Israelites were more willing to listen to an earthly man's promise of salvation than they were to listen to God's promise of salvation. And you might be like, well, that was one story in Judges. But actually, (laughs) you don't have to go very far back in history to see the Israelites doing the exact same thing to God's promise. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, only four chapters before the one we read today, it talks about how the Israelites were very much in 
the Philistines control. And so the Israelites cried out to God and they were like, no, God, we don't want to be under the control of the Philistines. Please rescue us. And so Samuel ends up saying this to the Israelites. He says in verse three of first Samuel seven, if you are returning to the Lord with all your hearts, then rid yourselves of the foreign gods and the Ashtoreths and commit yourselves to the Lord and serve him only. And he will deliver you out of the hands of the Philistines. And so the people do that. And then jumping down to verse seven, it says, when the Philistines heard that Israel had assembled at Mizpah, the rulers of the Philistines came up to attack them. And when the Israelites heard of it, they were afraid because of the Philistines. So there you go. There's another story right there. Just a few chapters before of the Israelites not trusting that God would take care of them. But yet in 1 Samuel 11, when Saul is like, I am going to come and help you tomorrow morning. The Israelites of Jabesh Gilead are like, absolutely he is. We believe him 100%. There is no possible way that he is lying. We are going to be saved tomorrow. We're going to put our lives and our eyes on the line in order to help Saul achieve what he promised to us. There's like no hesitation at all on the part of the Israelites. They fully believe that Saul is going to come and save them. They fully believe in a human king to come and save them. But then time and time before, story after story previous to this, you can see that the Israelites don't have that same trust and faith in God, like the God of the universe who can do whatever he wants to do to save people. The Israelites don't trust in God the same way as they're trusting in Saul to come and save them. And God warned the Israelites of this very thing in Deuteronomy 20. Verse one, he says, when you go to war against your enemies and you see horses and chariots and an army larger than yours, do not be afraid of them for the Lord, your God, who brought you up out of the land of Egypt is with you. So the Israelites did not trust in God the same way as they trust in a human king. And that is a detriment to them because human beings are always going to fail you. That is why God warns us against trusting in humans. Humans will always fail because we all are fallen. We all are in the sin nature. We all make promises we can't keep every single one of us. So there is not a single politician. There is not a single king. There is not a single person that can ever help us the way that God helps us. And I think people sometimes forget this when they trust too much in a politician, no matter who is in charge. God is ultimately in charge. No matter what somebody promises you, God is ultimately in charge. And the promises that are in scripture are true. And God never goes back on a promise. And you might, might be like, well, what about the times when he allowed Israel to be overtaken by a, an enemy? Well, that was actually part of the promise that God made to the Israelites. Part of the promise was, Israelites, if you follow me, I will always protect you. I will always take care of you. I will always have my hand of blessing over you. But if you choose not to follow me, I'll take that hand of blessing away. It was all part of the promise. So even when you see the Israelites getting defeated sometimes by other nations, that was part of the promise that God made to the Israelites. And the Israelites didn't uphold their end of the bargain and rejected God completely and then still expected God to take care of them. But going back to 
today's portion of scripture. It says the men of Jabesh, you know, sent this letter to Nahash the Ammonite. And they say, we're going to allow you to do to us whatever you want to do. So on the next day, Saul put the people in three companies and they came into the middle of the camp in the morning watch and struck the Ammonites until the heat of the day. And those who remained were scattered so that no two of them were left together. So it sounds like half of the Ammonites died in this battle that Saul waged against them. Now, granted, yes, Saul did keep his promise because he had the Holy Spirit inside of him. He was ready and willing to do this. That was his duty as a king. But still, later on, as the people trust in their earthly kings, as the people trust in their earthly items and not in God, they're going to start regretting the king that they chose. Not to give too much away into the story, but... (laughs) So after this amazing defeat that Saul has against the Ammonites, it says in verse 12 that the people said to Samuel, who is he that said, shall Saul reign over us? Bring those men out that we may put them to death. So this was a story that I kind of briefly touched on. And that was from the chapter before where a few men after Saul was announced as king, there were a few men that were like, no way, we're not going to follow Saul as our king. We don't like him. And they didn't give him any gifts. They didn't, you know, treat him as a king. They, they were just kind of like, no way, we're not following him. So now that Saul has this great victory, all of the people of Israel are all hyped up and they're like, bring those men out who did not want Saul as our king. But thankfully, Saul actually says something really good here. He says, no man is going to be put to death today for today. Yahweh has rescued Israel. And I don't know if the men who rejected Saul ever got put to death, but Saul does say something good here. He says, today, Yahweh has rescued Israel. So Saul didn't actually take credit for this battle, which is a very, very good thing. And this kind of shows more of the humility that Saul really had. Saul was an extremely humble person, as interesting as that is, he was very humble and he wanted to do the right thing, at least to start. And he was trying to do the right thing. But no matter how much somebody tries to do the right thing and no matter how much, how many promises somebody makes and no matter how good somebody seems, if you put too much trust in that person, they will eventually fail you. That is why You can't put your trust in human beings to satisfy your needs. You have to put your trust in God to satisfy your needs. But then in verses 14 through 15 to conclude, it says that Samuel says to the people, come and let's go to Gilgal and renew the kingdom there. So now this is the official coronation that happens. Saul was just proven to be chosen by God as the king. God has just done a miraculous defeat through Saul against the Ammonites. And so now the people are ready and willing for sure to make Saul their king. So they go to Gilgal and it says they made Saul king there before Yahweh in Gilgal. And then they also made some sacrifices to God, some peace offerings to God. And then they had a big giant party is what it says. It says Saul and all the the men of Israel rejoiced greatly. So everybody was just rejoicing and exciting and doing like, I don't know how long of a party it was, but a very long party of great joy that Saul is now the king of Israel. And they're all elated. They're all happy. You know, Saul has just 
you know, proven himself to be king and defeated the Ammonites through the Holy Spirit. And so now the people are ready for their king. And even though they are partying now, they're not going to party for too much longer. Make sure to check out all the links in the description of this podcast episode. You're going to find my YouTube channel. You're going to find my contact information. You're going to find my Facebook page. And I highly recommend you click all the links listed in the description of this podcast episode so that you can see everything that P4E Ministries does or the Bible Explained podcast does. Check it all out linked in the description. Faithful listeners, I hope you have a fantastic weekend and a wonderful Sunday. I will see you all on Monday for an episode once again, out of 1 Samuel. Happy weekend and God bless.